Hello, everybody, and happy Wednesday. Welcome to Wellness Wednesday Inspiration Packed um, program for you today. We are going to be talking about can we reverse diabetes and uh, talking about it in the pharmacological versus the natural drugless approach. Um, we're going to be sharing tons and tons of information um, about this topic. But before we start, um, we want to provide you with some uh, statistics just to put things into perspective on how much diabetes can affect each and every one of us. All right. So I'm going to start. Do you want to start with the statistics? Do you want me to? Uh, you can. You can go ahead and I'll um, just kind of get in some of my numbers here together. But perfect. All right. So some of the statistics according to uh, the CDC, and this is information that people can see um, online, uh, they said that 34.2 million Americans or just over one out of 10 people have diabetes now in the United States. 88. million American diabetes. diabetes is more prevalent among African Americans and Hispanics compared to Caucasians or Asians. And so some of the risk factors for diabetes include include smoking, high cholesterol, renal disease in the United States, and also the number one cause of blindness in adults uh, over teen. If that's not enough, diabetes is also the seventh leading cause of death in the United States, and this is across all board, not just uh, talking about medical causes. And uh, some of the costs associated with diabetes uh, in 2017, and there was $327 billion associated costs uh, for diabetes related um, healthcare costs. Um, what do you think about that, Dr. Linda? Yeah, you know what? Um, and just thanks everyone for joining us. What um, this is such an amazing topic because as I was like, I'm constantly researching and I was just going through the CDC, the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, of course, um, the CDC. And as I was going through some of the stats as well, it just blew my mind because um, one thing, every 10 seconds, somebody dies from a disease that is 100% preventable, which is what we're talking about, diabetes. Mm -hmm. There's some of the research that I found up to date, and I'm sure these numbers probably are higher now, but you know, as you were talking, there's 30 million, 30 million Americans that have diabetes that actually um, have it, but one in four don't know that they have it. Over 80 million people are pre-diabetic. Um, pre so that's one in three uh, um, Americans here, American adults. And 90% um, of them don't know it because it takes about five years from to progress from prediabetes into diabetes. What was interesting, though, this is what blew my mind. I'm going to give you some numbers. And, and I think they really, you know, when, when we talk about numbers per person, this will blow your mind. It costs on the average, this is according to the CDC, and these numbers are going to be higher as the years go on. It's on the average, it costs $14,000 per year 
to um, per year to treat a person with type 2 diabetes. So let's just say, let's kind of play a numbers game here. Let's say that John gets diagnosed with diabetes, type 2 diabetes at the age of 40. Okay. And let's say John lives all the way till he's 80 years old. So that's 40 years that he has type 2 diabetes. And if you multiply that by 14 thousand what are we talking about that i looked that up and i'm like okay and that's without inflation that's five hundred and sixty thousand dollars over the lifetime for one disease in one person that's like half wow. a million dollars okay and that's just one person. And if you multiply that, and let's just say, let's go with really conservative numbers. There's 50 million people, and the numbers are, are higher. But let's just say there's 50 million people that actually are diabetic. And they don't do anything about it. And that's like, we're looking at the average of 40 years, which is usually higher. We're looking at an average of, this, this blew my mind. $280 trillion. Wow. Insane. $280 trillion. And if that doesn't scare people, I don't know what will because even, even the, our um, defense, the, the U.S. Um, defense um, um, department tells us that this is actually a threat to Americans. This is a bigger threat because where is this money coming mm -hmm, from? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and a lot of it's going to the Medicaid, Medicare. And like you were mentioning, you know, it's the leading cause of kidney disease where people need dialysis, blindness, amputations. amputations. I just can't mm -hmm. believe I, I just like, okay, you have a perverted taste buds. You know, you can change that. But that's insane. <laughs> You know, that just blows my mind. Mm -hmm. And you're in the trenches every single day mm -hmm. at a hospital setting. And, you know, and I'm on the phone with patients. Um, I'm in the office with patients. And I mean, those numbers just blew my mind. So I don't know if you mm -hmm. want to add anything to that, but it's just like, that's insane. Mm -hmm. And then some of the other stats. It is insane. Mm -hmm. And some of the other stats mm -hmm. associated with that, they're saying that, Every for every 10, like four in 10 Americans have at least one chronic disease. And actually, um, four in 10 Americans, they have um, and four in 10 have multiple chronic disease. So when we talk about chronic disease, we're talking about diabetes, cancer and heart disease. And all three of them are preventable. I, I just can't. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I mean, those Absolutely. are numbers. Those are just raw numbers, and the the data is, and the, these numbers. I think it's hard for them to keep up to date with these numbers. And these are some; these are older stats too. So yes, from 2017, 2018, and not let alone the numbers, the amount of people. I mean, the numbers don't do mercy to the amount of people that I see every single day with these problems, suffering from diabetes, uh, the complications of diabetes, having to alter the entire lives. It's, an, it's a life altering condition. Once it starts, mm -hmm. if you are really paying attention to your diabetes, that means that you can't eat 
many, many things, but not only that, but you have to self-monitor and you have to do so many things now that before you had diabetes or pre-diabetes, You're freezing up a little bit. <laughs> you don't have to worry about. So yeah, one, of, one of the studies I saw in there too um, was that, and, and these are, um, even now we're seeing that in kids. All right, I hope you're still there, Fernanda. <laughs> I'm back. You're back. <laughs> you kind of you kind of I don't know what happened. <laughs> My computer went down for yeah. a second. I apologize. Um, just going back, it's just just the amount of um, people and how common. I mean, the numbers do not like. It, it is so common. I see. Probably over half of my patients every single day have something related to diabetes as a complaint. So it's it's just so so huge. Yeah, it, it is. And um, the the scary thing is, is I, as I go through the data and you see, you see even some of the smaller studies, um, some of the larger studies. I mean, from the CDC, I had picked up that six and ten, six and ten Americans have a chronic disease, but some of the smaller studies find that it's actually one and two, you know, and that's just one chronic disease. And then it's, it, mm -hmm. um, people have multiple chronic disease. Uh, you know, the, the numbers are as, are as small as and as diverse as one and four and four and 10. And as I was mentioning too, like now 30% of the kids, you know, um, and, and I just can't believe that. And like you were saying, it, it's People's lifestyle is altered as a result of having high blood sugar issues. It's, I don't even like to call it a disease. It is the out, it is really a symptom. You know, having high blood sugar levels is a symptom. You know, I don't even like to say Absolutely. disease. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. It is, it is, um, the problem with diabetes too is that it comes hand in hand with so many other conditions. And I think people have it in their minds that diabetes is just diabetes, but diabetes is, uh, it, it comes with high blood pressure. It comes with obesity. It comes with yeah. so many other conditions. And not only that, but it also leads up to many other conditions. Like we were talking about, it leads up to amputations. It leads up to uh, impotence for men. It yeah. leads up to uh, uh, stroke heart attacks and a plaque formation and, um, you know, eventually um, loss of sensation in the lower extremities from nerve damage. So there's so many uh, complications and so many consequences. So it's just not diabetes, it's diabetes and everything that falls under, under the, the umbrella of diabetes. And I think one thing, as you were saying, that I thought about this, I'm like, yeah, impotence. How does that impact a person's relationship? You know, if you have a, you know, a husband can't be there for his wife and satisfy his wife. I mean, it, it's, it's a mutual agreement there. I mean, you're, you're there to for each other. And it's just like, how does that make a man feel? You know, what is mm -hmm. it? Not even just his ego, but his ability to even, um, it probably makes him feel less than and have him and feel less confident. So how does he show up at work? How does he show up 
around other people? How does he show up for his kids? Like, you know, wow, mm -hmm. I can't even take care of my own wife. It's just like, he probably feels less than, but this is 100% his responsibility, but it impacts yes. everybody in the family. So when people say, well, you're, you know, it's none of their business. It's like, yes, it is. You know, it's just like your, I will do what I, my health impacts everybody. It impacts my husband, my children, my parents, you know, if I'm sick and I'm crabby, I can't be nice. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm just like a terror want to attack everything, and everybody, you know, so, um, so it, it's just not even looking at um, just not what is it doing physically, but also financially, what does it do? I mean, it, it bankrupts some families. So, um, so I want to hear, you know, it, I mean, and like I said, you know, as we're talking about I mean, these are just numbers. This mm -hmm. is, I mean, we're talking about a pandemic that's a lifestyle disease and is 100% preventable. 100% preventable. Mm -hmm. is, nobody, if that's the only thing you hear, it's just like, this is like a perfect clip. A hundred percent preventable. This is a pandemic and it is worldwide. I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about diabetes. So, mm -hmm. you know, share it with people. Some people may not even know, well, what is diabetes? They think, oh, it's just this blood sugar thing. So, mm -mm. You know, you no. have to explain it in a real basic way. So I would love right. to hear how you share it with your patients in a real enough that maybe a, a five-year-old understands. So I, the way that I under, that I explain diabetes is uh, there's two different ways that diabetes happen on a very, very basic level. Uh, one is either the pancreas, which is just an organ uh, that we have in our abdomen. It's either not working to satisfy the needs of the food that you're consuming or the tissues or your body, it's not receiving insulin as well. So that usually happens in the, one of those two ways or both. Uh, but what that means for you is that more and more blood, uh, more, more and more blood sugar starts being ac accumulated in the blood, inside of the bloodstream. And that, that is not where it goes because when it's in the bloodstream, it travels all over your body and it starts eventually causing damage in your arteries and in your basically in the entire body from have if you have been diagnosed with diabetes and you do your prevention and you do your lifestyle change it's irreversible but it it requires work it requires effort it requires commitment it really really requires a full commitment to be able to reverse it mm -hmm. um if you are not uh if if you only rely on medication medications. Let's say you don't want to do lifestyle, you don't want to change your diet, and you do want to take medications for diabetes, which I don't know why people would choose that. But if you do, if you do decide to go down that route, although it does control up to a certain level, your numbers, it still requires diet, it still requires exercise, and it can give you a bunch of side effects. And it's very, very costly. These medications are, mm -hmm. some of these diabetes medications are insanely, insanely expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, aside from the typical metformin ones or the more typical ones that are cheaper ones, the other medications are very, and you have to go through the insurance process. It's just such a, such a hard 
complicated, unnecessary, really unnecessary um, deal or ordeal to go through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you in that. It's just, um, I, I just, like I said, it just blows my mind when we're, I think we're being taught a lot that the solution comes in a pill. You know, and mm -hmm. I think about that where we're, we're programmed at such a young age that you um, you watch television and then a lot of the commercials, you know, they're pharmaceutical. Hey, you have a headache. Take this. Um, hey, you feel depressed. Take this. Hey, you can't sleep. Take this. Hey, you have blood sugar mm -hmm. issues. Take this. It's always um, take a pill, take a pill, take a pill. But the biggest mm -hmm. pill is taking the pill of responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's the pill that you should take. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so funny that you're talking about that because I was watching or I was listening to a video yesterday that talked about instant gratification and how millennials and you know younger people are so uh, are born into the era of instant gratification. Mm -hmm. You have a question, you Google it, you have the answer. Yeah. You have a pain, you take a Tylenol, it goes away, right? So it's that mindset of I want it gone and I want it now and I want to do what's easier and faster with diseases like diabetes does not work because if you're taking a medication uh, with the hope of getting rid of the condition, it's not. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't work that way. Right. So if you want to if you want to. I think you're free. You're you're freezing. Okay. You're freezing up there. Back the problem from the. I didn't catch the last part that you I said. I don't know what's going on with this. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, you just kind of froze up a little bit on that um, as you were talking about. Okay. About you know about the the millennials. You were talking about the millennials okay. and the instant gratification. I kind of lost you after that. Okay. So talking about instant gratification, also many people try to apply it in medicine, right? I'm feeling depressed. I want to take as a Xanax or a medication that is going to make me feel good immediately. Um, I can't sleep. I want to take something to go to sleep. I am, you know, I'm feeling I have, over, I, I'm overweight. I want to take something that's going to make me lose 30 pounds in 30 days or whatever, you know, and people are after the instant gratification. And what that means with something like diabetes is that Your, because medications are not going to to uh, cure diabetes. Medications are not to cure diabetes. They are to control or act perhaps to to help control some of the of the elevations in blood glucose and some of the symptoms. But they are not designed to cure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it is it is a lifestyle change. It is a it's created by lifestyle. So. The solution is lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, we are in that day and age that we have been programmed. We have been conditioned that, hey, you want something. I want something in 24 hours. I, I order it from Amazon. 
Um, I don't want to go and pick up my pizza. So you call and they deliver it to you. You know, it's 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 just we get on an app and we order something. So it's really it's that instant gratification. and We want everything now. And even with health, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I see that all the time as we were talking off air and maybe a little bit before here, you know, people are always like, well, what herb and what vitamin can I take? And that's like, that's not the priority. You know, it's just like, what caused the problem? Let's let's mm -hmm. let's go back and see what what's what's the cause behind the cause. And usually, and it's with diabetic diabetics, it's one hundred percent lifestyle. Yes, one hundred percent life lifestyle. What a lot of people don't understand that diabetes is actually an inflammatory condition. You know, it, it creates inflammation in the body. When there's inflammation in the body, guess what? There's going to be the destruction of blood vessels in the body, especially with those mm -hmm. insulin responses. So, you know, it's going to go, it's going to always go back, you know, to diet. And in, in the circle of, um, of functional medicine, it's always about, okay, let's take a step back. Let's look at this whole picture. If it's an inflammatory condition, what's the cause? Oh, because you eat, um, you eat out a lot. Why are you eating out a lot? You know, you start asking those questions or you eat dinner late. Why do you eat dinner late? Because I come home late from work. Why do you come home from late from work? You know, it's because I'm trying to make extra money. Why are you trying to make that extra money? Oh, because I want to get that new car. Really? Mm -hmm. so the new car is more important than taking care of your body. So you start to ask questions like that and, and, People don't like to look at that. They almost get, like, get mad because, you know, I question. It's just like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And a lot of the times we're driven to just try to impress other people and we sacrifice our health for that. And I think that really is like, um, it, it just, it's really just calling it out as it is. Like how people talk about the pink elephant that's in the room. You know, it's like, look at what are you doing? What are you 100% responsible? So, um, you know, some of the simple strategies that I always start with are 100% diet. <laughs> I mean, um, if people have not heard. Surprisingly enough. What's that? I said surprisingly enough, yeah. talking about lifestyle, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and lifestyle is everything from one diet. So, you know, and I know that you, we agree on one, okay, it's a diet. Well, what about my diet? You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I hear, well, I eat pretty healthy. I hear that 90% of the time a patients come into practice, they say, I eat pretty healthy. And I have them do like a three day food diary before they come in and see me. And I'm like, don't change anything. Just write out what you wrote for the three days. It usually looks like, Oh, I ate pretty healthy. For morning, I had eggs and the English muffin. For dinner or for lunch, I had some yogurt and some granola. Um, for dinner, I had a hamburger on a whole wheat bun. And I had a salad with ranch dressing. That's healthy to them. Very healthy. That's just like, that's poison to me. That's not real okay. food. Let's look at real food and ingredients. So mm -hmm. number one is diet. Um. I love the paleolithic um, diet. I actually have an anti-inflammatory eating plan that is a template that I use with a lot of patients. And all it is, it's pretty basic. It's vegetables, you know, it's fruit, very minimal fruit. You wanna eat more vegetables, maybe a couple, 
cups of fruit, if that, one to two, the lower sugar. Three, it's clean animal products like fish, like chicken, like turkey, like bison, you know, like beef and some, you know, some, some nuts and seeds and then some of your other starchier vegetables, perhaps like sweet potatoes, you know. Um, and then other people, some may do with well with rice, some may not. So it's kind of customized. But if you just look at that and even having um, eggs in there, that's really almost like a paleolithic um, um, template. And it's kind of like, what did our ancestors eat years ago? So I'd like to hear mm -hmm. kind of what you share with your patients. So I, um, I usually ask them to do calorie uh, counting usually eating low glycemic index foods, mm -hmm. uh, something like eggs and oat and barley, but everything. And, and I usually tell my patients things more moderation for me, at least is more important than anything. Mm -hmm. If you are, and I, and that's actually the diet that I follow myself. You know, mm -hmm. I eat a little bit of everything, but I'm very moderate in the way that I eat the things that I'm, that are not necessarily healthy for me. So in my opinion, and many patients, I think, uh, react better to, okay, you can be a little bit less strict with certain things. If you can have a little bit more of these, you know, maybe you can stick to the diet a little bit more. So giving them a little bit of freeway usually works for a lot of the patients that I see. Mm -hmm. um, not doing such a strict, strict diet in many cases. Cases. Some cases, some patients do uh, prefer, I guess, a, a strict diet that they can adhere to and they can do their calorie counting mm -hmm. and they can stick to everything that's on the list. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the majority of my patients, um, usually, you know, moderation with everything you do. But if you can stick to a low glycemic uh, type food, do the calorie counting, you want to eat um, basically avoiding uh, carbohydrates. So anything that is a carbohydrate, rice, bread, and uh, cereals, and tortillas, and anything that it's, uh, you know, with with carbs, basically anything carb, you want to keep it to a minimum. And if you do want to eat a carb, um, usually whole wheat, it's a better option. So there, you know, we can go into detailed categories, and that's usually what I do when I'm seeing my patients. Um, and then I also, on top of every piece of information that I give them, I send them to a, a diabetic nutritionist so they can go mm -hmm. in depth into how to do the calorie counting and everything and everything else, basically. Sure. But on top of the diet, mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. No, I would say so. Basically, this is what I have seen just just dealing with so many patients that the food, even like the wheat today, it still is a higher glycemic. And what we're finding that um, something that's totally overlooked by a lot of people that manage diabetic patients is a lot of people that are diabetic um, are craving sugar all the time. Okay. A lot of them actually have a candida or, or they have um, yeast and mm -hmm. so they have gut infections, they have gut pathogens. So even if they ate just a little bit, because I've seen this in the practice, they're like, oh, every time I have even just a little bit of toast, whole wheat toast, whole grain, I feel a little bit drunk. I, I feel like I feel different. And it's because it's like, well, you're feeding that, you know, that candida in your body and you have that fermentation. And it's like you have out like it's like you're having alcohol. So sometimes even people that 
that's kind of why I find it a little bit more difficult to, to um, even let patients have like certain foods because they're still, I kind of look at it in the perspective is I'm trying to get them off cocaine 100%. Not you can have only a little bit of cocaine on the weekends, you know, let's find something that's a different alternative. So um, I think that's been one of the challenges where um, kind of just what I've seen in the practice, because I do have a lot of people that come from other from other doctors and and um, and a lot of it really and it just goes also to the mindset. And I know the way you practice and you're limited with your time, what you can tell a patient, whereas with concierge medicine, it's more like they have longer time with me because I'm not. I'm not working in the insurance parameters and their protocol mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, you got 10 minutes and we're going to reimburse you for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I don't work in that parameter. So it's easier for me to kind of get into that mindset of it's kind of like, would you be okay with, Oh, my husband only cheats on me on the weekends. I'm still going to stay with him. So when we change it to that perspective, it's like, hell no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? It's just like I try to get them to see it in that perspective instead of, oh, can I have a little bit of this? Can I have a little bit of that? Because if they continue with that same mindset of, oh, I want a little bit of this, I want a little bit of that, they're always going to stay there in all areas of their life. So that's where that complete mind shift has to mm -hmm. be dialed in that, you know, oh, when people say that, because you'll go to parties, oh, just have a little bit of this have a little bit of that. Just, I made this for you. Just try a little bit. I'm going to confess because I, and I might've told you this last time, but um, I went and I ate a donut. I was sick and in pain for four days. My, oh my body gosh. was aching. I had a headache. I felt like I got beat up for four days. For four days in a row, I have been icing my neck and my shoulder. I try to get in to see a massage therapist and I'm like, that's only a temporary solution because I know what caused it. I know it was what I ate and I take full responsibility. And it's like, that was crap that you ate. So yeah, you deserve to be in pain. So maybe you won't do it again, you know? And it just felt so horrible. So this morning was one of the first mornings I actually woke up. I still put ice on my shoulder and my neck. It's like 90% better, but I knew that it was, it was what I ate. I just, I knew that it was that. So, um, I know that at times when it, and just because, you know, in that insurance model, you that's, I think the hardest part for you is that mm -hmm. you're in that limited time of what you can tell the patient. And I know you probably want to tell them, get behind the root cause of, oh my gosh. you know, it's, mm -hmm. and they have these emotional connections with maybe even bread. I ate bread mm -hmm. as a little girl because that's what grandma, that's how grandma showed love to me. So if you take that away from them, it's just like you're taking love away from me. So there's like this whole connection. It's a huge thing. Yeah. Even for Hispanics, you know, taking away a lot of the, the diet for yeah. diabetics is not very conducive. <laughs> yeah. It, it's almost like an uphill battle that you're, um, you know, that we're fighting. For Hispanics, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And it's the quality, it's the quality of food. But like, let's go back to like, you go to some of the Latin American countries and you it's kind of like, like, in a way, taking their culture away. 
And one of the things, I'm sorry. One of, yeah. One of the things too, is like what's changed even now is our food quality. So you can have a person eating tortillas, you know, a Latin because diabetes and, and, um, and, and Latinos is much higher. You can take them and they can have food. They can have tortillas in their country. And then they move here to the United States where most of the corn is GMO. And they're like, I'm eating the same thing. I'm not changing anything, but, but maybe at home they were walking everywhere. Maybe at home they were riding their bike everywhere. Maybe at home they're on mass transit, um, um, on public transportation. And then they come to the States and it's just like, oh, the food is not the same. Their activity is not the mm -hmm. same. So they end up gaining weight and they say, gosh, why did I gain weight? So, so we have to even look at that perspective too. Don't you agree? I think it's one of the things that happens to most of the people when we come to the, to the States, you know, it happened to, to me. And I know, I know so many people that have migrated to uh, the United States and it's kind of like one, a joke that, you know, people have, oh, once you get to the United States, you start gaining weight, unless you really focus and control what you're eating and the amount of exercise. And yes, it may be a huge thing. It's the quality of food. Absolutely. Eating processed foods all, all the time. You know the fast food quality here and all, all these things but it's also the lack of bike with way more exercise there's so many more things to do and in this uh country usually we're too busy or we say we're too busy uh in order to not take perhaps accountability for where we are yeah i yeah. think Absolutely. A lot of it is accountability. So the, these are like, mm -hmm. this is something simple that even if a person says, well, I don't have time to go get, you know, tested or anything. I wrote a blog post um, a few days ago about if there's three things you can have in your home, one would be a glucometer. You know, it's um, being able to check your blood sugar levels in the morning. And I always tell our patients that I want to see it under 100, you know, check your blue um, blood glucose level. And, and I mean, basically, this is what it looks like. You can go pick one up at CVS, at Walmart, any drugstore. And I'm sure all your patients that have that, they can, um, you know, check it in the morning, a fasting, you know, their fasting blood glucose levels. You know, you want to check that in the morning. And I tell them, check it for three days in the morning, um, three days in a row in the morning so you can see what it is. Check it one hour, two hours, three hours after you eat. If it's going higher than 140, um, mm -hmm. when you check this, um, an hour after you eat, you know that you're eating food that's spiking your um, blood sugar levels. So that's probably not a food you should be eating. Mm -hmm. So after three hours, it should be back at the baseline. And what I see for people that are really healthy and have control of their blood sugar issues, they're actually under 90. That's kind of where I see them. Um, and this is something that they can buy. It doesn't cost them a lot. It's not going to take time for, you know, it's not taking time out of your schedule. If you just bought this, this could save you thousands and thousands of dollars, you know? So monitoring that, checking your blood pressure, 
I tell people, check your blood pressure, know what it is. Usually blood pressure, you're going to see that it's it's something lifestyle. Um, and it's a lot of times it's related to food. So, um, you know, I kind of like to hear if that's something that you have your patients check. And, and that way they can monitor their glucose levels at home because most of them don't even check their blood sugar levels. And, mm -hmm. and maybe they go to the doctors once, three years and get their blood work up done. I mean, I run everything from C-peptide to insulin to hemoglobin A1C and um, glucose. So that's, um, you know, those are just a couple mm -hmm. of things. You Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for my patients, I usually monitor their blood work every uh, three months, or if I'm doing any changes in uh, my recommendations, I may do sooner blood work. Mm -hmm. um, but aside from the medications, there are so many, so many other things that are recommended, um, you, you know, on a visit, on a, on a first time visit, aside from just um, dietary changes. One thing is checking the eyes every every year, making sure that the eyes are checked every single year, checking the um, the feet, you know, make sure that there is no sores on the, on the soul food again can you hear me? yeah you keep freezing up a lot it's kind of <laughs> a little bit hard to you don't know what's going on yeah so you know kind of the simple yeah. strategies in a in a one two three a punch like i said the, i think the first thing that a person is one take responsibility to buy a glucometer you know um check your blood sugar levels you know monitor that you don't have to you know of course i encourage you to go get your blood work up done um, change your diet, you know, definitely as we talked, a paleo template, anti-inflammatory eating plan template is a wonderful place to start. Um, there's something when I, um, I worked for a nutrition company, I was one of their speakers, um, something that's been around and they had an obesity clinic in Canada and this is all they did with their patients and they had, they had them on a continuous glucose monitor and they saw such um, changes with them is they added something called PGX, natural factors PGX. And it's just a fiber and it basically, they would mix it in water. They would drink it like 30 minutes before their meal. It's a, it just like would expand in their stomach. So they would feel, um, sensation of fullness so they would actually eat less and they would actually notice that their blood sugar levels were more controlled with that so um that's something that you can just go buy at a health food store but um you know from sleep because if you're not sleeping um when you sleep less what's called your le uh, leptin hormone and ghrelin hormones change leptin hormone tells you hey i'm full if you're not sleeping enough, that hormone goes down. So, and then the other one tells the, the other one, gremlin says, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. That goes up. So sleep has a lot to do with that. And of course, exercise, you know, getting out, sitting is a new smoking, we're sitting too much. And so making sure I always have the goal of 10,000 steps of sitting, um, making sure that your exercise, set your timer. If you work from home, you work at an office, set your timer every 15 minutes, get up, walk, move around for like five minutes. Um, and 
the gut health. So even like the PGX, I have patients sometimes even um, take the berberine. Uh, that's worked really um, worked great. Fish oils, alpha lipoic acid. Um, those are some of the other things. One of the interesting studies, though, as as I talked about, even um, you know why I work. I love working on the gut is because I see so many pathogens in the gut, and it makes it even harder for a person that's trying so hard to clean up their diet, and they're like. When you're trying to get this candida, this this candida in the body, you start. It's just like you you crave sugar even more, so it makes it even harder. So just even improving gut health. So even one of the studies show that um, if they don't have enough hydrochloric acid, they found that in the diabetics. So even just giving them hydrochloric acid um, um, with a with a meal to help with digestion. So those are just simple things. And of course, fish oils. I like to do like high doses of fish oil, but you want to make sure that you're being monitored by someone because. If you're on a blood thinner, you really have to watch that. And as you mm -hmm. start making these changes, you should be monitoring your glucose levels at home with this because once you start improving your health and if you're taking medication, what you're going to find is I've seen this in my practice. Patients are actually they start getting tired because they're on medication and then naturally they're dropping their blood sugar levels because they're cleaning up their diet and it's too low. So I'm like, you need to, that's why you need to be checking it and talk to your doctor and say, Hey, maybe it's time for me to readjust my, my um, meds with, of course, it, 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 hopefully the goal would be to get them off. And, um, you know, is that kind of the, your, your plan of action with patients is to try to get them off so that there isn't, you know, from the blind, the the blindness, the amputation, kidney disease being very uh, the, the number one reason why you have people go to the to you know for dialysis. Mm -hmm. So I'm very honest in the way that I talk to my patients about all all the complications. I try to be very honest with it about all all these complications. And what I find is if people People know what could happen. They try to take, they see their future. They're not taking care of themselves. Um, so always the education is a big part on, on all these things that they can do, diet, um, exercise, and um, all these different things that we can do and recommendations, sleeping and maybe taking, you know, dietary recommendations with magnesium and chromium and apple cider vinegar, cinnamon, all these things that can help. And I go into depth, you know, in depth about all these recommendations. But my goal always is to get people out of medication. Mm -hmm. And I also do if they if they're borderline. I don't start them on medications. I do all the lifestyle first. Do these, change these, change that. We can improve here. We can improve there. I do not rely on medications as a first line, nor I rely on medications forever once patients start taking medications. You know, and people come to me and say, hey, do you think that I can get um, over taking medications? Can I stop taking medications if I really do, you know, exercise and if I really apply myself in diet? And the answer is 100% yes. Yeah. I've seen it many times. I've seen patients on insulin, getting off of insulin, getting off of medications and just doing the dietary and doing the lifestyle modifications. You know? mm -hmm. They can take medication lifestyle. 
Yeah, absolutely. You, and I love that. Mm -hmm. Do you think, do you see many patients getting off of medications once they start? 100%. We have a lot of patients that working with blood sugar, working with heart disease, um, I kind of take it, I look at it as a whole body approach. I said, I'm not treating any conditions. I always tell patients, I don't treat conditions. I'm here to, to treat your body, treat you as a whole, not as, oh, we're just looking at the heart. Oh, we're just looking at the brain. Everything, um, it's a multifactorial approach where you've got to get the mindset right and you've got to get the, the diet part right. You know, what do you, what fuel are you putting in your body, in your movement? How much are you moving? You know, those are the things that I, mm -hmm. um, I look at in stress management is huge, 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 huge. And so, you know, like we talked about last time about the S's and, you know, the stress management and the sleep, you know, those are huge and the, and, and the mindfulness. So, um, this is something that people can do. It really is. Can they do it mm -hmm. by themselves? Maybe they can't do it by themselves. I mean, that's why you and I are in practice. You know, I tell people I'm here as your biggest cheerleader. I'm. We're, it's about being a team. And many times, you know, I reach out to some of these other doctors and, and they're all too busy. Like probably less than 5% will call me back because I tell them and I share and I show the protocol, what am I doing with the patient? This is this is what I'm recommending. How, you know, what are they eating? What mm -hmm. products are they taking? What did I find on all these other tests? What did I find in their hormones? What did I find in their gut? What did I find with heavy metals? What did I find, you know, so I give them the information, but a lot of them just, they're, they're not knowledgeable in that. They're just, that's just not what they're taught, you know? And, and when you go to conferences and you continue medical, to get your CMEs, continue med medical education units, um, who's there? Big Pharma's there, you mm -hmm. know? So it, mm -hmm. it's not something that's natural. And I think that's the biggest frustration is because, you know, we're supposed to be a team. You know, I would love to have you here, you know, right here in my in my um in my city here in my town because it's just like we would be relentless and but the, the beauty mm -hmm. of what I'm seeing now is functional medicine telemedicine is is a now like maybe this is a good thing that of COVID is that no it's not ideal to have to treat patients I heard a, a doctor earlier that was saying you know you know I went to school to have hands-on patients well yeah me too uh, as a, initially a chiropractor hands-on is really important but also you don't want the person dependent on you you have to put full responsibility back on the patient and say hey mm -hmm. go get a, gluco a glucose monitor hey go buy a blood pressure mm -hmm. monitor it doesn't cost that much okay so this month you're not going to get your hair done you're not going to get your nails done you're not going to get your extensions done you know instead of spending money on that go and buy these these three things that you can have at home mm -hmm. absolutely and one more thing that i share with my patients is whether you do the work or you don't do the work it's your life you know ultimately you're the one that's going to pay for whatever decisions you're making right now so in 10 years if you're the patient that is coming mm -hmm. to me with an amputation 
or now having to be on dialysis or, or now having um, vision problems and being blind or, or having heart, a heart attack or a stroke or whatever complication related to diabetes, you know, just know from the get go that all the responsibility, everything that it's related to developing a complication from diabetes lies in your hands, nobody else's. Exactly. And there is so much information. There is so many, so many resources. There is this podcast, so much information now, uh, like we were talking about instant gratification at the, mm -hmm. at a click, you know, just by pressing a click, we can find so yeah. much information about diabetes and how we can battle against it. Yeah, for sure. So just yeah. kind of to summarize, so mm -hmm. I'm going to run these numbers by one more time, just so that it really hits home as we sandwich this in and wrap it up. For every person, it's a the average is 14,000 a year for di to treat diabetes and diabetes um, complications. That's for one person. And the average person that maybe is diagnosed at the age of 40 or 40, and they live to let's just say 80, you multiply that 40 times 14,000, you're looking at over half a million dollars for just one person, one, one disease. Person. You multiply that by 50 million, we're talking about 280 trillion. So that's why the Department of Defense is saying, Americans, obesity, diabetes is becoming a threat to our existence. And I 100% agree. So mm -hmm. you have information out there. I tell people, go on my website. If you just go on my blog post and, and just put in their diabetes, you have a, a, a sample five-day eating plan. It's a paleolithic one. Just put it in there. Um, I, I do have an ebook that we just haven't uploaded that it just kind of what we talked about. It's just the basics. But bottom line is, just love on yourself, take full responsibility because no one else is going to be responsible for your happiness and for your health. That is a 100% inside job. Mm -hmm. That is 100%. Everybody's resp inner responsibility, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So thank you so much for uh, whoever's listening to the podcast. Um, this information can save lives. Please, please, please just take full responsibility of your health and know that it lies with you. All right. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Next time. Bye.